Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 214, Why You Keep Attracting Unavailable Men. So I put a little query out to my followers on Instagram. Follow me at Claire the Heartbreak Coach if you don't already. Sometimes I'm shooting the shit on the gram and I'm not talking about it on the podcast or I talk about it on my emails to my email list. So for sure, subscribe to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com. If you don't already, that's where you'll hear about my latest offerings. And sometimes I'm doing freebies and have fun little opportunities for you guys. So if you're picking up what I'm throwing down on this podcast, for sure, stay connected with me. You also get my 20-minute five steps to stop wanting him back video and a little workbook to support you in those steps. So for sure, check it out. I think it's such an amazing freebie, if I say so myself. So I asked my followers to offer up questions they have for me to answer on this particular episode. However, I changed my mind and decided to make this one topic a whole episode because I just don't think I could answer this question in a short period of time. (laughs) Shocker. I have a lot to say about a lot of things when it comes to heartbreak dating and relationships. So I know I've spoken about this. I know I coach my clients about this in my group and my one-on-one clients. And here's what I will say. I had I had a woman write in who said, I'm all the things I want in a guy and I'm ready, but keep attracting the opposite and emotionally unavailable guys. I keep getting guys who say they're emotionally available, but they lie and disappear after two dates. Why do I only attract younger guys who are emotionally unstable? These questions were from the same person. And so I feel like a lot of you think that, right? I'm doing the work on myself. I'm emotionally available. I'm fine. It's them. And here's the hard thing that if you're in that thinking place and trust me, I was in that thinking place. I'm in therapy. I'm a yoga teacher. I meditate. I read all the books. I'm very evolved. So it's not me, clearly. It's them. And so what I'm about to say is going to be hard to hear, and it was really fucking humbling for me to come to terms with, is first of all, your confusion about why you keep attracting unavailable men is unavailability in and of its own right. What? Your confusion about only attracting unavailable men is unavailability in its own right. When you're like making it this thing because you're this available catch and prize, but you keep attracting them. So it's not you. It's clearly them. So what else could it be? Because you're not willing to still see that perhaps there is unavailability within you. How do we know? Hint, hint, you keep attracting them. That's how we know. This is science. This is law of attraction. 
And this is my belief. If you want to, you know, turn this podcast off and write me a terrible review, I am not shaming you. I'm just saying it from my own personal experience of thinking, oh, no, now I'm emotionally available. Oh, shit, just got involved with another emotionally unavailable guy. Oh, yeah, it's definitely him because I've been doing all the things and I'm ready for a relationship. So it's definitely not me. We know you have something to do with it if you keep attracting them. And so I'm going to let you process that for a second because it might make you feel really uncomfortable, really mad, really resistant. And if you're staying with me, I really appreciate you staying with me because I know this isn't easy shit to hear. And This is why I'm described as a tough love coach. Look, if someone comes to me heartbroken and devastated, I am going to handle her with the gentlest of gloves. And eventually, we're going to get to work. We're going to change the story. We're going to heal. We're going to fall apart. We're going to let our hearts break. We're going to create closure. We're going to do all that shit. Enough is enough with the not worthy story. Enough is enough with your victim story. We've got to get going because what that motherfucker did to you or what multiple motherfuckers did to you doesn't define who you are and it doesn't dictate how your future love life is going to go. But we've got fucking work to do. And there is a time and a place to grieve, and I create that time and space for you. And then there is a time to get going on becoming the emotionally available woman you want to become, not just for the right person, but just also for yourself, because it's so much better to really and truly be emotionally available. And so the best way to figure out where it is in your relationship with yourself that you are unavailable is to evaluate previous relationships. If you're just thinking, oh, those motherfuckers were the problem, not me. I was great. That's where the problem lies. How did you engage with that person? What triggers came up for you about how they behaved, what they said to you, what they didn't say to you, uh, what they said, but then their actions didn't line up with the words, right? She's like, they tell me they're available, but then they're gone after two dates, right? What is the meaning that you're making out of that? And how have you healed and grown and recognized where there's more cleaning up to do for you? What is a good example of that? Well, I my last heartbreak, my last relationship where I experienced excruciating heartbreak was in 2017. And I've shared this story before, but I think that this is such a perfect example. I was already a coach. I was in therapy. I was building my coaching business. I was still auditioning as an actress living in Los Angeles. I was meditating, working out, eating well. However, I was with a man who would make digs about what I was doing for a living, like digs about me being a personal assistant while I was building my coaching business, digs about how his parents, you know, it would be easier for him to present me as a therapist versus a life coach, Uh, his hot and cold behavior that I would point out to him and say, hey, like you're hot, hot, hot. And then you kind of fall off and then you're back and it's hard to read. And we'd have these conversations and the same shit kept happening. I was engaging so much with the unavailability and fighting so hard for the relationship to work, even though he was giving me crumbs, even though he was being condescending, even though he like looked down upon me and frowned upon my life choices and where I was at in my life. And I just 
kept trying to make it work. And I thought he was the bee's knees. And I just like really wanted it to work with this person that actually wasn't that great, even though he was telling me he wanted the same things that I did. And he was telling me that I was the best physical and emotional connection that he'd ever had. But he kind of treated me like shit. And I actually wasn't happy in the relationship. And he also told me, and I've shared this a million times, on our second date, hey, I'm this religion and I always thought I needed someone who I married to have been raised in the same religion. I realized I don't need that anymore. And then like six weeks later, he was like, actually, I do need it. And I was so thrown. I was so upset. And he then asked me to stay and try to work on it with him because he's so torn because he likes me so much. And let me tell you something right now. If I had a client tell me that scenario, I'd be like, get the fuck out. What 37-year-old man, he was 37 at the time, would say to a woman, I don't care what religion the person I end up with is, and then four or five weeks later say, actually, you know what? I do care. That man doesn't know who the fuck he is. That man is just blowing smoke. That man is not owning himself. That man's all over the place. And that was just one example of how he was all over the place. And guess what, bitches? I'm assuming most people listening are women, and I'm calling you bitches in a fun tongue-in-cheek way, not in a condescending way. Guess what? I fucking stayed. I stayed and I fought and I wrestled. I thought I was the problem. I gaslit myself with man. I'm putting up air quotes here, managing my mind to be like, oh, he's busy. And so that's why I'm not hearing from him. This is the first time I'm dating a really successful guy who's got a really demanding job. And that's why I'm not hearing from him. I even had my therapist at the time suggest that that's probably what's going on, even though I knew he was just really keeping me at arm's length. And, you know, every time I then respected his space, that's when he would want to suck me back in. And I'm making this guy sound like a real fucking asshole. I actually think he's a good person. I just think he was super disconnected from himself and super unaware. And I saw it all and still fought to stay because I really wanted it to work with him because my thought was, well, he's the best guy that I have ever been with. So you got to make this work. I'm sure at the time I was I think 35 or 36, I like, you know, really wanted this to work because if it's not him, then I'll have to start from scratch again and try to find someone else. I'm sure I had age drama about it, which now I, by the time I got to 38 and I found Larry, I made total peace with my age and total peace with even potentially being single as a woman in my forties. And that's a whole separate episode. But I was really trying to fit a square peg into a round hole for fucking crumbs. And so even though I had done all this work on myself, even though I was actually coaching other women, I was still unavailable to myself by continuing to date him until he was the one that did me the biggest fucking favor and broke up with me. Now, I'm not coaching every individual person to know where your unavailability lies. I obviously am not coaching this woman who I hope is listening and I hope is getting something out of this. And I would never want her or you who's listening who has this idea, well, I'm great and I'm emotionally available, but I just keep attracting unavailable men. And and so I'm not the problem. So what else could it be? Right. It's hard to hear that. I'm like, well, I think you are a part of the problem because we know there's unavailability within you because you are attracting unavailable men and it's going to look different. And I just offered this 
one relationship as an example to show you the multiple layers and ways that I was unavailable to myself and I didn't even fucking realize it. And it was then that I took my coaching to the next level. So again, I was a coach at the time, but I then invested in getting a really amazing coach. And it was then how I really got to see that I was creating so much unavailability. I was attracting so much unavailability because of my own unavailability within myself. And that is where the work lies. Where am I actually unavailable? And it might be different for you. It might be that you're berating your body. It might be that you're mired in friend drama. It might be that you're mired in work drama or you can't advance your way up or get a promotion and it's like you're beating yourself up and you think you're worthless. It, it, it could be so many ways that you're unavailable. So the fall in love with you section in my course, which is available to my one-on-one clients and my group program students, I talk about all the different ways that you are unavailable to yourself. And again, confusion about why you're attracting unavailability is a part of the problem. You're, the solution to figuring it out is you understanding where you are not available. And if you can't get past your own blind spots, I highly recommend that you apply to my group program. We just had five women join. Originally it was six, but then an ex came creeping back, so she left. So I was talking on the gram about how six... Uh, women have joined, but now we have five new women in the group who joined in this last week. People are dying to get their hearts healed. They're dying to peel back their blinders and they are dying to find the right kind of love for them. And it is happening in this group. And of course, I do have one-on-one spots available as well. The other thing that I want to say about, you know, this confusion about attracting unavailable men when you're convinced that you're not the problem because you're so available. You know, two things. One is the work is never done on yourself. Ever, ever, ever. I am with the love of my life for three and a half years, Larry. I know 100% I want to spend forever with him. I want a life with him and his four children. Everything. I decided I would not become a biological mom because Larry was done with having kids and he wants me to be a part of raising his kids' lives. I made changes in my life. I left Los Angeles, moved to Santa Barbara. I did all the things for him and for us, really, and for his kids. And I was still freaking the fuck out freaked the fuck out when I met Larry. I still had residual trauma and fears of getting cheated on and dropped like a hot cake and it not working out and being rejected and all of those things that I still had to work through and heal while I dated Larry. And I did that shit behind his back with a coach until it felt like the right time to come forward and be vulnerable with him. After enough time spent between us and the connection between us, it got to the point where it's like, this is the time where I, it's appropriate for me to talk to him about my fears and my insecurities and get vulnerable on the next level. Because you guys, we need I say we collectively, we all need partners who want to grow and heal with us. When I say, you know, the three sections of my program, stop wanting him back, then fall in love with you, then find someone better. It's not fall in love with you and wrap everything up in a nice, neat bow and you have no problems ever and all the ducks are lined in a row and then you go find someone better. No, 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 no. That is not what I am selling. 
I will continue to heal trauma and have trauma responses throughout the rest of my life. They're just much fewer and far between because I've done a fuck ton of healing work, which led me to Larry. But then he came into my life and there was more healing work to do. And that is what I have witnessed a majority of my clients move through with their right available partner. So when you're confused about unavailability and you're so certain that you're not the problem because you're so certain that you're available, right? It's like the impression that I get when people present it to me like that is, oh, you think your loving yourself work is just done. And, and that's impossible. In my opinion, that's impossible because life happens. Curveballs are thrown. Shit gets crazy. We're living in the craziest time ever in the world. And, you know, there's just no way that you're perfectly healed and whole and available on all levels. And the other component to it in terms of being so confused, it's like, isn't that so much easier? You think you're making it so much easier, I should say, when you're like, no, it's him that's the problem. I'm all good and I'm available because it doesn't require you to still continue to look at yourselves. You guys, Rock bottom relationship. I was 29, 30 years old. Didn't date for a couple years because I was so fucking scarred and terrified. And I thought to myself, it would be so much easier if I just committed to being a nun. And I also was convinced that if I was a lesbian, it would be so much easier because I think I'd be an amazing girlfriend to another woman. And I think I just think it would have been easier. That was just my thought about it. I was like, nun or lesbian, but I don't have a calling to be either of those. So I'm just going to fucking hide and avoid romance dating maybe forever because I never want to feel that pain again from such a fucking lying, cheating douchebag who I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. So 29, 30 years old, that relationship unfolded. Two years, I didn't date. Then I got back out to dating, freaked the fuck out, attracted more narcissists, even though I did a little bit of therapy that I hated because I found multiple therapists in New York who sucked. That doesn't mean all therapists suck. And Then I finally got with a great therapist in LA, still kept attracting unavailable people because there were just more layers of unavailability. So I just leaned in for the lesson. I always was willing to look in the mirror. And I'm not saying that to say, look at me, I'm so amazing, but I'm in the result that you want is my guess if you are listening to this podcast. And so I never shied away from what my lesson was for every unavailable person who I attracted, who I was cut up over. I never shied away from my own lesson. I'm like, there's, there is a lesson here for sure because I, I am the common denominator. If you are telling me you just keep attracting unavailable people, you're the common denominator. And it's fucking humbling to look at and it's hard to look at, especially if you've been doing years of healing and growth work on yourself and spent a lot of money on various different healers. I get it. I was you. But the work never stops. And if you keep attracting unavailability, you are the common denominator. You have to keep looking at what it is that's unavailable within you. And if you can't see it, hire a really good therapist or coach. And yeah, shameless self-plug here. I'm going to recommend me. So how do you stop attracting unavailable men, right? It's like, I just want you to understand cleaning up your emotional unavailability and figuring that out for yourself. And the way we know that you, there are still parts of you that are unavailable is because you keep attracting them, right? But I'm going to offer a couple of tips on stopping attracting unavailable men. And it's going to sound a little contradictory. Here's the deal. It's not a problem that you're attracting them or that you're attracted to them. 
It's the meaning that you're making out of it and the way that you are behaving. That's the problem. I still attracted unavailable people before I matched with Larry and had done all the find someone better work that I teach in my program and to my one-on-one clients. Attracting them isn't a problem. Being drawn to them isn't a problem. But how you behave with them and the meaning that you're making out of attracting them or being attracted to them is where the problem lies. Okay. So you go out just to, to use the example that this woman shared in my DMs. People tell me they're available. And then after two dates, they bounce. Okay. Why is that a problem? What is the meaning you're making out of it? How do you behave? Are you scrutinizing them, scratching your head, trying to make it make sense over some dude you went on two dates with who turned out to not be available? Or the harder part is maybe he is available and he didn't think that the two of you were a match. Does that make him unavailable? We don't know, but we do know he's not your person. So can you be okay with that? Right? What is the meaning that you're making out of being drawn to someone who isn't available or isn't interested? And how are you acting about it? And I have no idea what this woman's behavior is, but I know a lot of people, myself included, as I just described with that example of my last heartbreak in 2017, is I just like got got consumed by it. Well, you know, he said this, but he did that. What does that mean? How could he, the week before he broke up with me, tell me that he sees himself falling in love with me very fast and then break up with me five days later? It's like, I'm so mired in like, understanding his behavior when it's like, who cares about understanding it? I mean, I would definitely say he's got avoidant attachment style for sure. But, you know, psychoanalyzing him isn't going to make me feel better. He's not coming back. And at the time I was so heartbroken, right? So that was another way that I was being so unavailable to myself is that I wanted to make sense of his behavior. I don't need to make sense of his behavior. You do you, dude. Thank you for showing me who you are. You were hot, hot, hot with me, then cold, 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 then telling me you're going to fall in love with me really fast, then a week later say, I'm out, and he did it in a really fucking cold manner. I don't need to psychoanalyze it. All I need to know is, you're not my guy. Thank you for showing me who you are. That's how you start stepping into your own availability. His unavailability isn't my problem. That's his problem. And you know, word on the street is, I just had a friend you know, here we are, 2023, almost six years later, I just had a friend cross his profile on Bumble, who lives in LA. And his profile is the same as it was five years ago when I came across it. He and I met in a yoga class. We didn't meet online, but then I came across his profile after we broke up. And it was the same pictures from fucking six years ago and the same shtick about him being some down-to-earth LA guy, which I was like, nope, you're definitely not down to earth, dude. And it was, it's just, it was so unaware. It's like, yeah, when you're avoidant and unaware of your own behavior, like that's your shit. And thank God for you breaking up with me and you showing me who you are, because now I'm with the love of my life, the man of my dreams, the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. But I did the fucking deep digging after that relationship that I know led me to Larry two years later. That was like the next level deep dive. And the reason why it was a next level deep dive on healing my heart after that relationship was because I was already a coach and I was like, fuck, this keeps happening to me. 
and not this keeps happening to me. Not my victim story. I'm like, no shit. I've been living in LA now, probably at that time, five years. And the guys that I really liked all bounced. That's, that's on me. That's not on them and not on me to shame and blame myself, but for me to look hard in the mirror and look at how am I not being available to myself? And I should also add to that with that 2017 relationship, you know, all the judgments that he had on me about my career and where I was at and not a therapist versus a coach, which is what his parents would prefer. You know, those were all my insecurities. So that's what I went to work on after that heartbreak. Yeah, I was gut-wrenched over him for a very long time, and it was like a less than four-month relationship. I always say it doesn't matter how long the relationship is. It's about the connection and how you feel. And so it took me a long time to get over him. And then the real nitty-gritty work was me becoming emotionally available to myself and creating, you know, a next level of financial abundance for me. That was really important to me. And moving into a home that was really beautiful and supportive of my creative endeavors that I loved waking up in. Like Those were ways for me to become more available to myself. Again, this woman who slid into my DMs, she could be all good about that stuff. It's going to be different for everyone. And I can't tell you what your unavailability is unless I'm coaching you individually. So attracting them isn't a problem. Being attracted to them isn't a problem. It's how you act with them. Do you engage with them? Do you make huge meaning out of what the fuck is wrong with them? And then you dwell and you overanalyze and you ruminate and you unpack it with your friends and you're putting all your energy and focus into this guy being unavailable and making that a problem. Stop doing it. It's like, whew, this guy is so fucking hot. I went on a date with him and he made it clear to me. I'm going to use this as a client example. He made it clear to me that... Relation, finding a romantic relationship is third on his priority list. So, okay. I, as a coach, told my client, big red flag. You don't want to be a third priority in someone's life, especially when you're making finding your ideal person your top priority. And so she stayed anyway. She needed to see it through for herself. I always say, I'm not your mom. I'm your coach. And then two and a half months later, she finally asked him what it was that he was looking for. Is he ready to be exclusive with her? And the answer was no. But you know what? He fucking told her he was unavailable right off the bat. But she said, I just like really enjoyed the physical connection. And I love that he had a good job. And I was drawn to these boxes he checked off on paper. So I was like really trying to make it work. And I even had the thought, Claire, that, you know, you were exaggerating and maybe you didn't know. And sure enough, I love when my clients have to go figure it out for themselves. Go do that. But you know, you're welcome. When you sign up to work with me, I'm going to make it so much shorter for you. And she even said she probably would have dragged out that relationship for so much longer if she wasn't working with me. She's like, I didn't nip it in the bud as soon as you would have suggested that I do based on him saying, you know, relationships was a third priority. But, you know, two and a half months was still a short enough time. Like I would have dragged that on for months and months. So, it's not rocket science. Like that's where she was unavailable. There were red flags and she was choosing to paint green over them. And now as she looks back and unpacks the relationship, she sees how she was a part of the problem. Again, not an opportunity to shame and blame, an opportunity to be a non-judgmental, curious witness about your own behavior and how you are creating this pattern of like, oh, I only attract unavailable men, even though I'm in Claire's program and I show up and I get coached regularly. And it's like, yeah, but you've got to take the coaching and 
listen to the coach, I would suggest majority of the time. I don't want it to be like a cult following where you have to do everything I say and do. No. Again, I loved that she had to go see it for herself and continued to get coached. I'm not the mom here. I am the coach here. But, you know, very clear as day where her unavailability lied in that situation. And, you know, I could spend another hour going over, you know, so many different ways that I see unavailability in my clients when they start to date in the find someone better section. And it's not like, oh, shit, got to hit pause and clean that up. It's like my client can get back on the horse right now. Boom, let's go. And next time, because she's now freaked out about the next time, it's like next time when someone says dating is a third priority for me, say, oh, wow, I'm so attracted to you. And I love that you've got this great job and you seem super cool and you love to travel and you seem like a dynamic person. But you know what? That that doesn't matter if your priority is not to have a serious relationship because that is what I am looking for. So I've got to go. You have to feel the urge and not engage. You've got to feel the urge and not make meaning out of, oh my God, if I'm drawn to him, that makes me unavailable. No, being drawn to someone unavailable doesn't make you unavailable, but allowing the person to keep being in your life is unavailability. I I liken it to drinking. I've been on this minimal drinking journey in 2023. It's the longest stretch I've ever done with very minimal drinking. It's awesome. I'm so much happier. I'm so much calmer. I feel like Larry and I are like next level, much more in love. He thinks I'm a much calmer, nicer partner, which makes me feel bad about Claire pre-2023. But anyway, no time like the present. Like it doesn't make me a bad person, right? Or uh, what would be similar in terms of it, it just in the same way that you're drawn to unavailability. I'm drawn to alcohol every night at 5 p.m. I would love two drinks every night at 5 p.m. But I know the long-term effects that that has with brain fog and major anxiety and major irritability. And I tend to procrastinate more. So I feel the urge, like I'm going over tonight to see Larry and he has family in town and I'm going to see the kids. And I know alcohol will be flowing and I'm not going to drink it. And I'm going to feel the urge and I'm just not going to drink it. That's how I become more empowered in my alcohol journey. That's how I become a minimal drinker versus a regular drinker. I just put the actions into place and I feel the urge and I don't make meaning out of it. So you go out with an unavailable guy. You can figure out if he's unavailable four dates max. I say even three dates max, but you can figure out if he's unavailable. And that doesn't mean, oh, well, he seems to be available after four dates. That also doesn't mean he's the one, right? Someone can be available. And like I said earlier, they could also not think that you're the right person for them. But that also does mean they're not available to you. And that doesn't have to be a problem. The last thing that I want to say here in terms of how to, quote unquote, stop attracting unavailable men The irony here is I don't think you have to stop attracting them. I don't think you have to stop being drawn to them. You just have to stop engaging with them. You have to stop giving them mental energy. You have to stop overanalyzing them. And you've got to keep looking inward at where your unavailability lies. I also think you need to, and this is what I teach my clients to do in the fall in love with you section of my work, put the mental energy on focus on your ideal guy. Put your mental energy and focus on your ideal guy. Hard to do when you haven't met him yet. Or maybe you have. Sometimes people resurface into my clients' lives in a new version and at a better time for both of them. But 
when you don't know who your ideal person is at this point in time, that's your work. Create him. Think about him. Dream of him. Think, feel, and act like he is here. Put the mental energy there. And then the unavailable people become way less of a problem if they happen to show up in your life because you're so connected to the available guy in your head and you're so clear about who he is and you're so clear about who you are and you're so clear about the way the two of you operate in your ideal relationship. Unavailable people, schmunavailable people. They don't matter. Who fucking cares? They exist. They're not a problem because my eye is on the fucking prize. I loved this episode. If I say so myself, we got to dig deep. We got to look within. And if it's too hard to figure out where your unavailability lies, go find someone who will help you figure that out. Go find someone who will help you figure that out. I would love nothing more than to help you do that. You can apply to my group program at ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com. Four calls a week. It is anonymous. Like I said, five women joined this week. It's amazing. And the calls can go up to 90 minutes. I truly, you guys, and I know a lot of coaches and I know of a lot of group coaching programs. I don't know any other group coaching program that offers four opportunities a week to get coached on anything heartbreak, dating, and relationships, as well as your relationship with yourself. We're also offering payment plans. We have a six-month option, a one-year option. And of course, if you want that high VIP vibe, the one-on-one option is there for you as well. So check it out. Lean in. Look at yourself long and hard in the mirror. It's hard. It's humbling. But it's way harder to stay as is and never think for a second that you might be contributing to your attraction of unavailable men. This is the work. It's no small feat. And I would love nothing more than to help you work through it and find your available dream boat. (laughs) So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love. Are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after. After.